Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Last week, I invited you before we began to take a deep breath. Mostly that was for more for me, more than it was for you. But I want to invite you again. Uh, I, this, is a, this is a healthy thing for you to do, is, is to take just a deep breath and, and, and let all that stuff just kind of bundle up and then just let it out. Because when we take that deep breath in and we let it out and we let out all that, that thing, you know, that, that stuff that just, just I don't have a word for it, but you know what it feels like, that stress that just crumbles you up. And, and the only way to let it go is just to let it out and give it to God. And, and as I've been practicing at these last few weeks, I found myself with Job thinking that Job must have been really good at sitting and meditating and, and taking in God and letting out God. Because in order for you to, to go through what Job did, you would have had to have deep spiritual practice. Job probably read his Bible pretty faithfully, probably uh, prayed more than once a day, probably um, attended worship every time that he could, probably was very Methodist and believed in constant communion. For three weeks, we've been uh, studying about this man named Job from the land of Uz. This great epic poem resonates with all of us. Because somewhere in our life, we'll lose somebody. Job lost everybody. We find ourselves listening, we're with Job right now, where he'd lost his wife. But let's be honest, his wife wasn't that supportive. Telling him to curse God and die, we didn't even make it to chapter 2 yet. He lost his family, his friends, and, and let's be honest, his friends weren't that great either. They, they weren't really supportive of him in, in his spiritual journey. They, they were saying, Job, it's your fault, the reason why God caused all this problem. Just, just let it go and, and, and give it to God and, and you'll be taken care of. They, they weren't that helpful. And he also lost his wealth. And not just like he lost a few dollars because the, the team didn't cover the spread. He lost everything. He had nothing to turn to, nothing to gain on. But Job's focus in the midst of his storm teaches us that no matter what we're going through in our lives, that if we allow God to be at the center of whatever it is we have going on, from our highest high to our lowest low, we'll be all right in the end. And if you remember in the first week, uh, we, we had this mantra that uh, the worst thing isn't the last thing. And then last week, if you remember, how many of you were humming that tune? My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. I know I was. And there's a couple times through my week where I needed to remind myself of that. That my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And as we dive into this week, well... We'll have something to learn this week, too. So let's turn to Job, chapter 38, verses 1 through 7, and 33 through 41. Listen to these words. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this darkening counsel with words lacking knowledge? Prepare yourself like a man, and I will interrogate you, and you will respond to me. Where were you when I laid earth's foundation? Tell me if you know. 
Who set its measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring tape on it? On what were its footlongs sunk? Who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang in unison, all the divine beings shouted. Verse 33. Do you know heaven's laws? Or can you oppose its rule on earth? Can you issue order to the clouds so that the abundant wanders cover you? Can you send lightning so that it goes and then says to you, I am here? Who put wisdom in remote places or who gave understanding to a rooster? Who is wise enough to count the clouds and who can tilt the heavens? Water containing so the dust becomes mud and the clods of dirt adhere. Can you hunt prey for the lion or feel the cravings of the lion cubs? They lie in their den, lie in ambush in their lair. Who provides food for the raven when its young cry to God? Move about without food. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. There's a story about a little boy named Billy. And every day on, the, on a walk to school, Billy's grandfather would stop in the neighborhood store for a newspaper and a cup of coffee. As Grandpa approached the register, Billy would point to a large bin filled with all sorts of candies. Each morning, Grandpa denied Billy's requests. After several weeks watching of Billy being denied, the cashew the cashier grew a heart of compassion towards Billy. This morning would be his lucky day. When Grandpa and Billy approached the register, the cashier said, Good morning, Billy. Today you can reach in and get the candies you desire with no cost. Billy smiled with great joy. His persistence had finally paid off. He went and pulled out the candy, but snatched his hand back abruptly. He then grabbed Grandpa's hand and shoved it into the large bin of candies. Grandpa, in a fright, pulled out a fistful of assorted sweets, and Billy giggled with glee. As they continued to walk to school, Grandpa asked Billy, Why didn't you pick out your candies? This is what you wanted, this is what you had asked for every day. Billy looked up to Grandpa with the sun glistening in his eye, and he said, Yes, Grandpa, but your hands are much bigger than mine. My hands are too small to get all the candies I wanted. Grandpa laughed at Billy's wisdom. There are times in life that, as believers, we should embrace Billy's kind of wisdom. God's hands are much bigger than ours, capable of providing everything we need. Our hands, though, our, and our thoughts and our understanding are limited in comparison to God's vast knowledge and powerful hands. If you remember last week, I slipped this in. I didn't mean to, it just slipped out, came out of my mouth, but I said this, but I want you to hold on to it for this week. God is God, and you are not. This week, we find Job sitting there, and he's waiting for God to come and give him 
the answer that he was looking for. He had been waiting and had been groaning for a very long time, almost 35 chapters of Job just sitting there groaning and whining. Whining, I'll call it whining. He, he was really trying to process what was going on. So he's doing what most of us would do, verbally process what was going on. Trying to figure out, why was this stuff happening to me? I did everything right. But yet, I still struggled. And, and he was sitting there and, and wondering, and then all of a sudden, God appears out of the whirlwind. And I thought, if I were you, if I were Job sitting in this moment, if God appeared out of the whirlwind to speak to me after losing my wife and my kids and my friends and my riches, I'd probably take a deep breath and sit there and think, oh great, here it comes. Kind of like, you know, when your parents are going to get on to you and, and they took that kind of big wind-up to, to deliver their, their whatever fate yours was. I, just speaking from experience, I know like when I'm talking to the girl, I, I kind of wind up to get ready to, to, to convey my knowledge and wisdom to them. It's a short breath, by the way. Because <laughs> obviously Emily knows more than I do. But yet, here we are, God speaks. In the midst of a storm, a whirlwind. Job was waiting for those complaints to be answered. And he sat silently, listening to God's knowledge. And sometimes we, in this crazy world that we live in, we don't take time to sit in silence and listen for God. Far too often we, we look at our schedules or, or we, when we, we're taking time to stop and listening to God, we, we, we kind of start filling it with those other things and, and instead of just listening to what God has in store for us, our brain begins to work. I was, I, Friday, I had the, the privilege of getting to help feed the uh, NSU women's basketball team at the Wesley Foundation. Shannon was here doing uh, the services, and I, I would say I you know, would get to go and uh, be with the, the women. And um, we have several women that are feeding them today because they don't have uh, food services on fall break, and they're starting their se- I mean, they start their season here in a few weeks, and they're in practices throughout the day, and so we're connecting with them. It's been a great experience. But one of the things that was interesting was that the coach said, this is a palm-free lunch today. And what she meant by that is that nobody could, could have their phone in their hands during lunch. It was amazing to see how this worked out because I know how people are. You know, they, they can't make it through a meal without being on their phone. I'm just as guilty as anybody. I was like, oh, this is going to be funny. Nobody's going to make it. First person to fail was the coach. <laughs> She's not perfect yet. She's working towards perfection. I know Fala, I can make fun of her that way. But what I notice is, is that none of the basketball team members took to their phones. And the conversation that ensued in that Wesley Foundation was awesome. It was great to hear what was going on in their lives and, and, and to, to have kind of a connection, a team. Because they let go. They let go of the outside world. They let go of, of, of their phones. And it was amazing to see the connection they were making towards each other. I think we can all learn from that. 
That sometimes we have to let go and, and let go of those things that, that keep us away from God. And sometimes we can be like Job and just sit there and listen. You know, God, in the story with Job today, he's saying, hey, were you there when I did this? Did you measure? Did you pull out your tape measure and make sure that everything's right? Were you there when I put the cornerstone on this world? Were you there when I provide food for the lions? Were you there when I provide food for the raven? God's putting Job in his place. Reminding Job that God is God and Job is not. And I think far too often we need to remember that. Because far too often we want to we try to, to shape and construct things to, to be perfect exactly how we want them to be. And, and my experience has been that moment that we think that they're going to be perfect, God comes in and shakes it up a little bit. Maybe because it's not up to God's standards. Maybe because it's not where God wants us to be. I mean, I thought my life was planned out. I, I knew what I was doing. I was going to go to Oklahoma City University, be a band director, help out with the choir. You know, that, that's what my life was. That's where I thought I was headed. And God just adjusted it a little bit. He put me in the right place, in the right time. And all I had to do was let go. I remember struggling with that. I remember struggling with this call to ministry thing. I remember saying, God, you're calling me to preach. I hate speaking in front of people. It's not my thing. But I knew that in order for me to be the servant that God called me to be, sometimes I have to remember that God is driving this bus, not me. God lays, he laid the foundation for this world to be what it is, and, and sometimes things happen. We can't explain the hurricanes. We can't explain why tornadoes happen. They just do, because that's the way the world was designed. I remember sitting with a man. This was after the Piedmont tornado. I went out to where his house used to be, and he was sitting in his recliner. The house was gone. The recliner stayed sitting in the middle of his house where it used to be. And the man had a big smile on his face, and I was, I was really perplexed because he just lost everything but his recliner. Had no house, had the foundation, and the recliner. Sitting there with a big smile on his face, and he said, Pastor, at least I have my recliner, and at least I have my health. Outside of that, everything can be replaced. And he said, I believe this because God loves me. And that's all he needed. Even though he had lost everything, and even though he, he really had nothing to lean on other than that recliner, he recognized that God is God and he was not. And maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe that's what we need to let go of. That God is God and we are not. There are some things we need to give to God. It's kind of like that story. The grandson knew that in order to maximize his effort to get the most candies possible, he needed to get his grandpa's hands in the candy jar versus his. There are some struggles that we're all dealing with, and we can't handle them, but God can there are some things that are going on in our lives, and some of them we're honest to share. Some of them are honest struggles. And, and what if we just gave those to God? Could you imagine what could happen? Now, it's not just like a 10% kind of thing where you say, okay, God, I'll give you this amount. God wants us all. 
He doesn't want just a small portion of us. He, he doesn't just want us on just an hour on Sunday. He wants to maximize our effort by when we give ourselves fully to God and we say God is God and we are not, we are God's servants for this world, amazing things can happen. And I believe that. I believe the reason why we are looking at the book of Job is to remind us that the worst thing is never the last thing. And our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. And God is God, and we are not. And sometimes we need to surrender ourselves to that. Sometimes we need to surrender ourselves to silence and, and, and let ourselves be fully present in the presence of God. Because when we submit ourselves to that, God will use each and every bit of us, even those broken parts too, even those things that are hurting, even those things that are struggling, even those things that aren't going to the way that you had planned, God will still use them for good. So this week, take a couple of palm-free days and open yourself up to God and see what happens. Because God's hands are bigger than yours. And he can reach in and do a lot more than you can. And when we can surrender ourselves to that and know that God needs us to be the hands, feet, and heart for this world, to be the light, and we surrender ourselves, God will be at work at you. And so let yourself go. And let God be not just the co-pilot, let God be your pilot and be at the center of everything you do. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Amethyst Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org.